really feel like the Lord's got a powerful word in probably about 50 different ways to go right now. Um, but one of the things uh, John had mentioned um, just a minute ago, he had said, he had called me, I, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and he, we were kind of, he's like, hey man, I feel like I'm supposed to just get you to share on Sunday. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's great. And he said, let's get together. And so we went out and did coffee, and we actually had a good time there. And then um, that night I went home, I went to bed, I was exhausted. And literally at 2.38 in the morning, I think it was, um, I got woke up. And uh, for all you prophetic people, you know, I'm sure you'll take the 2.38 and put like a Genesis or Exodus or something on it. It's good. Um, but uh, my wife's like that. Well, you know, what... what 2.38, yeah, Genesis 2.38 says, and, but he, he woke me up about 2.38 in the morning, I think it was, because I looked at the, uh, my phone, and he began to speak to me this passage of scripture, and it was just extremely powerful, and that's really what I want to share with you um, this morning, but the first question I'd like to ask you before we get started is this, um, do you know what the second most Ask question in the entirety of the world is according to Google. What time is it? Yep, yep, yep. I heard this the other week, and it's pretty interesting. If you'll go Google on your phone, I know you're probably going to start doing that, but if you'll look up what is the, the most asked question in the world, there's this probably one of the first things that pops up is going to show you like the thousand questions that was asked, and number two is actually what time is it and I heard this the other week and it just challenged me when I actually got up that morning at 2.38 what time is it I mean literally I mean you think about this it, you want to talk about prophetic but the second most asked question in the entirety of the world is what time is it there is a desire to know what time it is and not just in a, a global sense, that's part of it. Not just in the context of the church, that's definitely part of it. But also like for you, for me, whether directly, indirectly, we are looking to know what time is it. And I think there are things that are uh, connected to us in which God's spoken to. I know AJ was speaking about this a few minutes right before, but that God has spoken to that we haven't seen the full fruition of it. And we're, we're in, inside asking, what time is it? Yeah. Is it time yet? And I feel like this morning the Lord really wanted to stir that up in us. Because part of us knowing what time it is and entering into that time frame as individuals is so important for us as the church to actually enter into the time that God's got right now. And I believe that it is a Kairos moment now. It's an opportune time for us to get up and to get out and allow our light to shine. To allow people to see the, the real presence and the power of God. And I'll share some stories um, from that awakening at 2.38 in the morning on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it was, of, of how that's gone on through the course of this week. But I tell you, there's something powerful that's stirring. And I just want to set this up this morning now. I'm watching the time. But I believe that God 
wants to come in today for each and every one of you and begin to breathe life in some places that life hasn't touched in a while. Or breathe life in some places that God's spoken to and in a sense just things have, have come by and you've kind of lost heart in that. There's a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness that's taken place. John said this the other week and it, it really just struck a chord with me all week long. Uh, he, but he says that Satan, he has no power. He was completely stripped when Christ went down into the grave. I mean, he took the keys. He took everything that he had in terms of power. And I've seen this this week a couple of different times, and it's just, it's wrecked me um, related to people. But the reality is this. If he stripped him of the power, then the only power he's got is the power that we give to him. Right? And what he does, and I heard this statement before, and you've probably heard it a number of times, is when you begin to believe a lie, if any place there was hopelessness in there, it's where you begin to believe a lie. Anywhere that you have, a, 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 and all of us got that. All of us typically have areas, and a lot of times we've just kind of let it go, let it go to the side. But I want to encourage you that the Lord wants to come in today, and he wants to bring hope back to that hopeless situation. And the enemy, the only power that he has is the ability to come in and to tell you a lie to get you thinking something different than what the Lord's already spoke to you. That's the only, he, he has no other power. I was, I was in some places, you know, this is Halloween, obviously. I'm just going to be real. But you know, you got these skeletons, you got different things like that um, that are out there. And, you know, a lot of people get kind of freaked out by those things. That stuff don't bother me. It really don't. It, don't. it don't bother me. I'm not in it, but it doesn't bother me because I know the power of God. I'm not intimidated by it. I know that there's a realm that's present that's real, but I'm not intimidated by those things. And even sometimes my wife's like, man, you know, you shouldn't really, you know, I'm like, I, it doesn't bother me. It literally does not bother me. And I want to just encourage you guys that the power of God is greater. The power of God is hope to the hopeless. Amen. And wherever the enemy has come in to speak a lie, I want to tell you, and released hopelessness, God is releasing hope today for each and every one of you. I'm telling you, I just, I, I sense it. I feel like there's a stirring here this morning that God's going to begin to do some things. He's going to resurrect things. He's going to bring life. And I'm going to share with you. Anybody want to know what he spoke to me at 2.38 in the morning that morning? It was, well, first of all, before we go there, just keep you on the edge. Back to what time is it? It's some crazy things going on in the world right now. I mean, it don't look like what a lot of us probably thought it was going to look like. I mean, come on, Kanye West? I tell you, I saw an article where Kardashian, that's who he's married to, right? Okay. I don't really keep up with a whole lot of that. I should be better. My wife does. She knows everything. Yeah. Um, 
But I saw her on a news clip on The View. Of all places of The View. <laughs> Anybody know what The View is? Yeah, right beside Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, there, there's some liberal folks on there, obviously, beliefs. And she started talking about the experience that Kanye's having. And she started talking about Jesus and how he changed his life. And I'm like... <laughs> I mean, if they would have known she was going to do that, I guarantee you she probably would have been invited into there. But it's, what time is it? What's going on? And just to see and, and hear some of, I guess, the adverse reactions from a church standpoint is, is kind of baffling to me, to be honest with you. I mean, who are we to judge? But the reality is this guy, man, He's got touched by Jesus, and he's out there doing his thing. And, I mean, he's literally touching thousands. I can't remember. I downloaded the album, but I don't know how many times that album's been downloaded. Millions. How many? Over three million people, three million downloads. And I don't know if you haven't done it. Maybe you'll get another hundred or so this morning. But I, I tell you, man, it's, it's powerful. It's really powerful. And it's going to be some unusual things that God's doing. And I believe it's going to rock our theology. It's going to rock our mindsets on what it's going to look like. And it's kind of like the time when Jesus came and he looked at the temple and the people of God that he came for didn't necessarily receive him. And he got upset and he was up crying because he says, listen, I'm standing right before you. This thing you've been praying for for years and you're rejecting me. Why? Because it didn't look like the way in which they thought it was going to look like. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. we got to be careful. And that's why we ask, what time is it? First Chronicles 12.32 says, The sons of Issachar who had the understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. To know what the church ought to do. There's something of a, a, a prophetic notion on us that we can look and see and even though it looks different we can understand that this is the Lord moving in this context and those people that can do that and step into it I'm telling you what we talk about reformation we talk about a sense of revival that begins to bust out in our cities it's because we're not going to be boxed in by what we think it should be but we're actually going to say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And jump in an agreement with that. I mean, I, I just, I'm telling you, man, if you want to blow it up, you got to be versatile. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there might be some crazy, I mean, like that guy from Corn. What's his name? I mean, come on. And I believe that the Lord is, is starting to release things like that. He's starting to stir, and it's, it's radical. I mean, I heard one uh, comparison. I wasn't even going to preach on this this morning. But I heard one comparison that was like Saul to Paul transformation for Kanye West. I mean, can you, you think about this. In a moment, God could come down to anybody and radically have an encounter with them and totally take the influence that they've been given and turn it upside down and take it out and touch millions of people. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So I, I just, uh, what time is it? It's the question, the second most asked question in the entire world. I think as the church, 
We got to know what time it is. We got to be like the sons of Issachar to be able to discern what God's doing, step in it, co-partner with him, and run with that thing. But I also believe this, and this is where I'm stirred today, and I'm going to get to where it happened at 2.38 in the morning on Tuesday. But the Lord wants to breathe on you. He wants to breathe on those things that he's spoken to you. You know why? Because we need you. We need you in the game. Because without you, I don't think we could fully walk this thing out. It's all of us together that are fully operating in the things that God's called us to. Those purposes. Those sense of, of dreams. Those words that have been spoken to you. And sometimes we come across life, different things like that, and we don't see how it will be possible. Well, guess what? This morning, I believe the Lord wants to come and break off impossibility and release possibility in the midst of your life. And I, I, I'm telling you, man, it's tangible. There's something tangible here today. Like there's going to be something where it breaks off and it's broken off. It ain't going to crack off and be splintered hanging on going down the road. It's going to be broken off today. Why? Because God's got big plans. What time is it? Now's the time. That's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. It's like scripture says in Hebrews 11. Now faith is. It didn't say maybe. It didn't say five years from now. But there's a sense of when you come into this place where the word begins to to be released in this kairos moment. It's an opportune time. It's like if you take time, which God's not in time, it's eternal, but time is within eternity. And he comes down and he says, right there on the time scale, that's not really restricted by time because I'm outside of time. I'm going to go into time right now and I'm going to touch something right now and all of a sudden everything's going to start happening. It's kairos. It's opportune. And the cool thing about it is this. Guess what? You're here right now. Those that are listening online, you're sitting in your seat. You're sitting in your couch. You're here right now listening to this. So the word of opportune time, Kairos, for your specific situation is right here, right now. Well, he could just be saying, no, no, because you're listening to me. That means God knew you were going to be here. God knew you were going to listen online. And because of that, the word's being released, not from me, but from him. And there's an unctioning of the Holy Ghost to stir you up to say, this is a Kairos moment. This is an opportunity to move into something, to break through, to break into, in Jesus' name. So, the word... 2.38 in the morning. It was, I woke up, and it was Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. And it stirred me up, man. It really, really stirred me up, and it stirred me up this week. And I want to just read, because I feel like the scripture is powerful, and it's living. 
And, and there's two contexts here in this passage of Scripture that I want you to connect with this morning. One is from the standpoint of the Lord looking into your situation and speaking to those things that look dead. But the other context is this, that you're in the posture and position of Ezekiel and you're speaking into other people's lives where things look dead. It's reciprocal. It's kingdom. Freely you have received, freely give. It's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance or causes us to change the way we think it's the goodness of God that's going to release you and break through some things that he's spoken to you that you thought were dead. Or maybe it was probably one of those things where you're like, oh my God, I don't know when this is going to happen, but it's probably going to be 20 years from now. You just gave up on it. And the nature of the goodness of that thing actually coming into formation and manifesting now in this opportune moment is to stir you of the love of God that God is good but it's also to precipitate that in that passion towards others and what the revelation of that does is it begins to give you eyes to see those that are around you in the same situation so that you can speak to it and see an awakening take place I mean God's cool he's going to come do it in me and then I'm going to freely receive, freely give to those that are around me. So in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, and I'm going to just kind of break down these first three scriptures because there's something tangible here in these scriptures this morning that's literally, the word of God is living. And so I don't want you to kind of look at it from the point is the guy's reading the Bible. I want you to look at it from the point this morning that God's speaking to me and he's going to do this in my life now. I'm not going to have to even have an understanding of it. A lot of times, well, I'm going to get this. I'm going to study this out, get my Greek, Hebrew coordinates and make this happen. No. What's going to happen this morning is when this is released, it's going to start to stir you in such a way and there's an activation that's going to come. And you're going to realize that this is not something just written a, a thousands of years ago that's not relevant to me, but actually the power of what was written here because it's the Word of God is going to begin to come on you in your situation right now. That's how it works. That's why the Word is so important. It's not just a storybook. It's living. Ezekiel 37, 1, it says this. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Let's just stop there. What does that look like? When the creator of the universe comes down and puts his hand on you. I mean, we've had some good worship services. Trust me. But what happens when the hand of God comes down on you? It can come anywhere. A lot of times we're only experiencing it in the worship service to some degree. But what happens when you're in the bathroom? In the shower? When you wake up in the morning? We're limiting God. We're looking for him on Sunday. I don't think that Ezekiel was on Sunday. I think it was a suddenly where God just ripped him out of his current situation and threw him into something that blew his mind. That's the expectation. 
That's the place of hunger and thirst that it can happen any day, any time, any moment, and I'm ready for it to happen. But it says that the hand of the Lord came upon me. It carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Do you realize that you could have been born at any time, any season? And you're born right now. You're the exact age you need to be right now. It was all divinely orchestrated by God. No accidents. You're in the right place in the right time. You're in the right vehicle too. Of where God has you. But he picked him up. The hand of the Lord came on him. I'm going to tell you, there's something of a supernatural moving of the Lord on us individually that the Lord's hand is going to begin to come on us in a fresh and new way. It's going to be unusual. It's going to be in a place that's going to probably challenge your natural mindset. So I want to encourage you, if you don't want it, then you, I mean, he's not going to make it but if you do be open minded but there's something that's happening and I felt like this morning it's being released more and more that the hand of the Lord is going to begin to come on you more and more and there's a supernatural awareness and an understanding with Ezekiel it literally pulled him out of his certain his current search, circumstance and situation and put him into what God was seeing that's what it looks like and in verse 2 of verse 37, I mean, in chapter 37, it says, And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry as well. Now, it's interesting where the Bible begins to give emphasis here that there were very many. And it just wasn't that it was many, it was very many. And then he goes on to hear it wasn't just that it was dry. But it was very dry. Has it been pretty dry sometimes in our life? There's some places that are dry. It's a condition. And it's interesting too here that when he took him to this valley, it was almost like a battle had occurred. It wasn't like all the bones were stacked up in a big pile. But there were very many of these bones, but they were all over the valley. Scattered everywhere. It wasn't like the bodies were together. I mean, just limbs and, you know, it's everywhere. Not only that, it was very dry. So it kind of gives an indication that there had been many, 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 many years of the sun that beat down, of the wind that would blow through. With no relief. Completely exposed. And I started thinking about that myself. How many battles have we been in? How many places have we been where it's just like, oh my gosh. It took you out. Knocked the breath out of you. Never got back up. And we kind of let those places lay there. I'm telling you, man, this scripture is prophetic. Because he's coming in. 
He's going to do something amazing. And then Ezekiel 37, 3, it says this. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Impossible situation to the natural mind. What is your situation? What is the level of impossibility? I mean, these things don't even have flesh on them. We're talking about years. The picture that he's showing him. Years. Years. Some of you have been in here, it's been years. And the Lord comes to him and says, can these bones live? I feel like the Lord's asking us that question. Not only what time it is, but can this happen? I think you've got to ask yourself that question again. Because I thought some of us might have given up and walked away from it. Just be real. And the Lord, you're probably getting, you might be getting mad right now because the Lord's come back around. You thought it was done. You cope with it to the level that it wasn't too bad. And then this big guy in here is now talking about Ezekiel 37 and stirring me up again. I, we need you. We need that whatever God spoke to you. I told John we were sitting there having coffee. I said, what I found is this. The place of the greatest contention and battle is the place that God's heart for us to have the greatest breakthrough in grace. I mean, if the Lord spoke to you that financially, he just, you, you know, I know I'm supposed to be blessed. But every single time there's a fight there. There's something that comes in and robs it. What does it do? It takes that place of hope. It takes that place of where those words have been spoken, where he's spoken to you. And when that comes in, it steals things. And it causes hopelessness to come. And the enemy comes in and starts to whisper things to you that are contrary from the Lord. And in a sense, it causes those bones to go out on that field. Well, on that piece right there, I'll just leave them out here on the battlefield. But that might be the very place, which I believe it is, that God wants you to have breakthrough in, which he's destined you to, which he's prophetically spoken over you, so that you can not only walk in that place, but that you can bring others into it. You're the key. There are people here, and I, man, I've seen this a lot too. Prophetically, man, you, you've got a prophetic, prophetic vision, insight, discernment. And man, you, you start to step out. Maybe you've been hurt in the church. you got them Jezebel spirits that are coming up on you all the time. <laughs> it's the truth. I've seen it. And you think it's a woman. All It ain't the woman. We think that. It's ridiculous. But it's the whole spirit that comes and tries to intimidate and push down the very thing that God's stirring up in you. The things that you see to intimidate you so that the rest of the people can't benefit from the things that God's put in your heart. And you know what we do? We leave it out on that battlefield. Years go by. 
the winds, the heat, dry. And we need you. We need what you carry. God spoke it. Hmm. I'll just say one more. Healing. I mean, there's a grace on some of you guys. You guys, God's given you some revelation on healing. And there's been some things that had entered in your life that just stole it. Hey, listen, I know. I mean, I had a son that had half his brain taken out. And I'm preaching faith. So I'm not standing from a position that, you know, I got it all figured out. I know God's good. And I know what the truth is. But that thing would come to suppress you, pin you against the wall, and cause you to turn from the very thing that he spoke over you. What was life and what was hope now turns into hopelessness because I began to believe a lie that it ain't really true. I mean, if you want it, I mean, God's going to, he's going to annihilate that today. There's going to be a level, of, a level of freedom and liberty. And he's going to do it. And man, it's going to be, some of you guys, it's been years. It's been years. So he said to him, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. That's a good answer. Especially when you're looking at something that you're probably not in the right mindset you think it's going to happen. So if God ever asks you that, just say, hey, man, if you say it will, I, I, I'll go with that. Now, this is another part I want to just read to you, and this is starting in verse 4. It's a powerful passage of Scripture here. Again, he said to me, in verse 4, prophesy unto these bones and say to them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Not my word. Not necessarily your word in the sense of yours, personal opinion, but hear the word of the Lord. Because I'm telling you what, nothing can stand against the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you, ye, King James, shall live. It's not optional. It's like, maybe I'll say it and it'll happen. It literally says, I'm going to speak the word of the Lord here, and I'm going to speak to these bones, and stuff's going to start happening. He says, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. That's a pretty supernatural thing that's going on right there. You're in an entire field of bones. And the Lord is going to come and he's telling you this is what you're going to say. Important. As the hand of the Lord comes upon you, there are things that have already been spoken to you. Some of which you've walked away from for whatever reason. But it's the word of the Lord. 
And there are additional things that as you move into this, that God's going to begin to speak to you and he's going to open up this spirit of revelation. It's important that you not only receive it, but you've got to give it. You know, I heard a statement. I hope I don't get it wrong. It's, we, we're not people of feelings. It's like faith without works is dead. If there's not some sort of action that's associated with it. So God can download and I can say, yeah, I got that prophetic word. And I got it in my Bible right here and I look at it. But there's something about the activity of me moving towards it that actually causes something to be released. And I think as a church, that's where we get stopped. Like we get all these words, we get all these words, great messages, all these things. I got prophetic words everywhere. And then, you know, it's like I read this, the notebook of prophetic words and there's no activity moving towards that. Is it true or not? Then step into it. Step into it. But it's the word of the Lord. Isaiah 55, 11, it says this. It is the same with my word I send out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. The word of the Lord is powerful. It's not just something I'm reading off this book right here. But it carries the weight and the glory of God to shift and to change things. The words that, how many have had prophetic words in here? Yeah? It's real. Do you believe it? Are you walking fully in it? You don't have to answer that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Lord was telling Ezekiel what to say. He put him in a situation that looked impossible. And he said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to say this right here. The Lord's going to put you in impossible situations. His hand's going to be on you, and he's going to tell you what to say. And guess what? It's pretty easy. All you got to do is say it. That's how it works. Ezekiel 37.7, we'll just keep on going down through here. It's interesting. I'm going to read this. The Lord spoke to him and showed him what he was supposed to say, but nothing had happened yet. The bones were still the bones. The bones were still in the valley. There was no movement. Even though the Lord was present, he was telling them all these things. But look what happened in uh, Ezekiel 37, 7. He said, so I prophesied. It's when he began to co-labor with what God had spoke to him that now the impossible 
came possible. That things began to shift into a place of the word of the Lord that was spoken to me. But not until then. You can have the strategy, you can have the word of the Lord in you, but it's that place that when you begin to speak forth, when you begin to walk out, when the activity of that begins to go forth, that it brings an activation that calls movement. And so he says here, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied twice here in the same little sentence structure, there was a noise when I prophesied. I mean, we can get really spiritual, but basically we spoke the word of what God said. What is God saying? I begin to release that. And it's not something that's uh, like in my mind. No, I'm, I'm speaking it. How many folks, I, I felt this morning that the Lord, there was folks that had uh, uh, some issues with um, childbirth, fertility. I felt like the God this morning wanted to open up some things for you. Now, I'm, I'm hearing that word right now, but the reality is this. I hear him saying that he is created you to be fruitful and multiply. And I decree and I declare that over every single person that is in this place that is desiring to have kids, that has been told that they can't or has had complications, I say, be fruitful and multiply. Now, I'm doing something prophetically, and I mean it, but it's something where I'm not doing it in my mind. I'm releasing the word. Why? Because I want your physical body to hear what I'm saying by the Spirit. You have the same power. Power in the word. Thus saith the Lord, and he says, Oh, you dry, excuse me. Um, commanded as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So God gives him strategy once again. What does he do? In verse 10, it says, So I prophesied. Everybody say, So I prophesied. So I prophesied. Say it again. So I prophesied. Say it again. So I say it one more time. You have the power to speak the word of the Lord. And it will change things. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. That's what Reformation looks like. That's revival. Prophesy. There's something about the power of speaking forth the word of the Lord. 
And I, I think it's something that the enemy has tried his best to silence us from in the context of the church. Where it's caused us to dial back. But in my mind, I'm going to think this way. But I'm talking about, man, getting right out of your comfort zone. I, I'm telling you, if when the Lord wants you to do something, typically it's going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone. So if you're uncomfortable, I would say you're on the Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. <laughs> he's, he's giving them, hey, this, let me give you a picture of what this is right now. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. O oh, my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I shall place, in your own land, and place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. I said in the beginning that I felt like the of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord and the
prompted him to understand the signs of the times, but also the fact of the word of the Lord for that season and that time for that people that would speak it. And it caused them to actually come out of the graves, come off that battlefield, which they were left for dead, literally, and begin to walk in the fullness of what God had called them to. That's you. Not me in the pulpit today. Yeah, I have my part. But the reality is, is all of us doing that tomorrow, what type of a change will we affect? What type of reformation would that look like? It's not the individual, man. And where the enemies come to snuff out, to whisper in your ear, to steal the very thing that God's called you to, That's the place of, of breakthrough. That's the place of your grace. That's the place that he wants you to thrive in. And the enemy can steal that. People that come across your path may miss something. That's why it's the strategy of the enemy to do so. You know, I was coming in this morning. This is my, this is my rhema Bible, the word of faith movement. I know I might get a little bit of flack for that, but um, this Bible, my parents asked me when I was 15 years old what I wanted for my birthday, and I told them I wanted a Rhema Bible. So I got this Bible in 1989, September 16th, and I was riding to church this morning, I took Grace with me, and I had it on my truck, on my thing right here, and kind of hit the brakes a little bit, or maybe I hit the gas, I can't remember. Anyways, this whole Bible slid out right here. She's like, oh my gosh, Dad. Why don't you buy another Bible? This thing's tore up. It's falling all over the place. And I started thinking, I said, honey, this Bible's got a lot of miles on it. <laughs> but I started thinking about, listen, when I was 15, that was my, my place of disposition. That was what, what I asked my parents for my birthday. And I stand here today, 30-something years, 30 years later, preaching from it. I mean, I didn't even think about it until she said something. And I thought to myself, this is the foundation. You know, we don't realize what I'm talking about right now ain't just about me. And it ain't just about the people I'm around. It's about my kids. It's about the foundation that I'm laying. It's the places of victory that I go into and I conquer so they don't have to fight it. So there's, it's multidimensional on what's going on here. So I just want to open your mind this morning to what the Lord's got for you. And if there are places where prophetic words that are spoken, things that God's spoken to you, and you might even said, hey, maybe I just missed it. But it keeps coming up. Yeah, you didn't miss it. The Lord wants to do something this morning related to that that's going to rock your world. He wants to stand like where Ezekiel is, and he wants to speak to it. And he wants to put you in a position that where you walk and where you're at, that you do the same.